Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. He's been here. been there. Magic down the middle, just what I thought. A hook shot at 12. Good! He's been everywhere. Shot from there and a save and a rebound. Score! Yes! Kings win the cup! Sobel. That's one small step for man. Ted Sobel. One giant leap for man. The man, the myth, the legend. What the hell's going on out here? Now, one-on-one with Ted Sobel. I'm Jerry West. You're listening to Touching Greatness with Ted Sobel. Thank you, Mr. Clutch, and welcome to my latest Touching Greatness podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network. And this week, we're talking L.A. hoops as the unofficial start of the NBA season is always on Christmas Day when I made my way out to Staples Center and talked pregame with Lakers radio voice John Ireland, Clippers TV voice Brian Seaman, and the longtime Lakers PA voice Lawrence Tanter. And we talked about the state of local basketball, which much of the NBA is focusing on our teams right here in SoCal. Clippers won the Christmas game, 111-106. Lakers blew a 15-point third-quarter lead. Kyle Kuzma scored 19 of his 25 in the first half, while Kawhi Leonard had a game-high 35. That's the most points ever scored on Christmas Day. Anthony Davis with 24 for the Lakers. LeBron James, 23 points, 9 boards, and 10 assists. James aggravated his groin injury, though, when he collided with the Clippers' Patrick Beverly in the first quarter. Remember, it was last Christmas when LeBron suffered his torn left groin against the Warriors, the first major injury of his career. And so we'll see how the Lakers handle LBJ from a rest standpoint, and we'll discuss that and a whole lot more in the next half hour. So first, let's hear from the Clippers' new TV voice, who handled radio so well over the past decade, Brian Seaman. Brian, always great to see you, sir. Christmas Day Nothing like that. This is really sort of the unofficial start of the season, isn't it, for a lot of people? It, it really is for, for a lot of the fans, although, you know, uh, those of us on the day-to-day beat, I won't say grind, but the day-to-day beat, this is now game 34 for us, which is crazy. Almost three months have passed since we started, but this is such a great day. You talk to the players, it's this, these are the, this is the order of intensity. It goes playoffs, opening night, and Christmas Day are the three most intense days that you have as a player. So it's a gift to be here. Uh, I've been with teams that you know aren't on Christmas Day, and while I love to spend it with my family, I know that means the Clippers aren't doing very well. And guess what, they're doing very well, and I think this is gonna be one fun night. Is this the most hyped Clippers regular season game ever? This or opening night. I mean, you're gonna, you can take a pick, you know. Uh, I, I really believe it is, though. And um, for good, better or for worse, I mean, I think this is the most anticipated regular season game, certainly with these two teams going at it. Now, they've played big games before, but neither one of them have been title contenders at the same time. Obviously, the Clippers have been the delinquent for decades in that equation. Now they're on the same ground. And I would tell you this, if one of them wasn't around, so let's say the, the Lakers weren't around, to me, it's a surefire shot to the finals for the Clippers. If the Clippers were not around, it's a surefire shot for the Lakers to get there. These two teams, let's be really honest, knock on wood, they're both healthy. They're going to be in the conference finals in May, 
and the city of Los Angeles will be the basketball mecca. It'll be what we've all hoped it to be. It'll be a battle, it'll be a war, and it'll be a ton of fun. And for the first time, a true rival as well between these two, because unless you face each other in the playoffs, it's just another sort of important game. It, I, You know, I feel, and I was just talking to some people with the Lakers, I feel there's more pressure with the fans than there <laughs> is with the team, because uh, LeBron James doesn't care if he loses this game. He knows that there's you know 50 more games left. He knows that there's the playoffs. The fans that, you know, that stand so hard for the two individual teams they're the ones that have to come back to the Twitter world and the social media world and defend what happened or what didn't happen. I feel that there's more pressure for them than there is for the actual players, but that's what makes it fun. And, you know, before anybody wants to say, yes, this is a Laker town, that's fine. They can have the town all they want. The Clippers are trying to win titles. The Lakers have 16 of them. The Clippers are trying to get their first. And to me, it, it just makes it that much more enjoyable. So uh, the rivalry potentially could be truly born in May. But let's not kid ourselves to think that the players, the fans, the broadcasters don't circle these four nights. How about one of the great turnarounds in franchise history in the NBA? Because when you guys had your slam and dunking teams a couple of years back and you were on our station, the Beast 980, mm-hmm. everybody thought this is for sure the greatest Clippers team ever. They didn't get where they wanted to be. It looked like they were going to be dead. And really an amazing turnaround in a short period of time. Incredible. So you end the 2017 season losing Game 7 to Utah. I had talked with the front office during that series, and I knew that they had a lot of difficult decisions to make with contracts, with veteran players who we all loved and thought were great. And all of a sudden, they get a bit of a gift with Chris Paul requesting a trade. I loved Chris. He was great, felt you could win. It's not an indictment on him. Him asking for the trade allows for Lou and Trez and Pat Beverly to come in here. Now, individually, Clipper fans probably didn't know much about those guys. But what they ended up doing, they're the tent poles of the culture that is now in that locker room. And that is what made this place attractive to Kawhi Leonard and Paul George down the road. It is one of the more epic turnarounds without having to lose. I'm going to quote Steve Ballmer. These are his words, not mine. We're going to win, and we're not going to suck to do it. Those were his words. He told a group of season ticket holders a few years ago, meaning he wasn't going to tank. Right. And they didn't. And here they are. They haven't done anything yet. Let's be very clear about it. But they put themselves in the best position that they have ever been. And I guarantee you there are a lot of teams out there that would trade places with where they are at right now. And you watch Kawhi and Paul every night, assuming they play. <laughs> we'll get, that's a whole different story. But how good are they as a one-two punch that you've seen? So numerically, there are numbers to support that they're very elite. I think they've only begun to scratch the surface. I really do. Uh, defensively on the wings, they're going to be as tenacious. And these are coaches and basketball people's dis- you know, opinions, not mine. Sure. They're like Jordan and Pippen in terms of defensively how they can go. Offensively, obviously, they've got their own unique skill sets. But Pat Beverly, you throw him into the mix. Evita Zubac is a defender that people don't talk about. And Mo Harkless. Yeah. I mean, you have a chance to be one of the best defensive teams on ball and as a team in league history and uh, the numbers might not show it but when you need a stop I think this team can summon up the defense to make it happen we've seen it happen the first 30 games and you're going to need that in the playoffs isn't that really what it's all about in basketball they only talk about the offense but defense really does win championships it will and I think that's been the Achilles heel for the Clippers the last few years now it's the number one thing and the offense will just kind of be a byproduct from their great defense and oh by the way you've got two great offensive players and a third and fourth coming off the bench. I mean, the offense is going to take care of itself. 
itself. But the fact of the matter is that they're going to have a lockdown defense going into the playoffs when the game slows down. It's going to be really tough to beat, and I'm looking forward to seeing it, seeing the challenge play out. And finally, the first Christmas without Ralph Lawler in the building. That just doesn't seem right to me. Well, we've kind of gotten used to it now, but it, it is weird. It's, it's still <laughs> weird to me when I get on the plane and I look across and there's no Joe, his wife, there's no Ralph, and um, I don't get inappropriate text messages through, <laughs> as many throughout the year that I did before. But, you know, he's never forgotten. You know, it's funny you take over a position like this, and I know – well, I'll never be the best broadcaster this organization has ever had. That, that mantle is already taken. Now I just try to tell the story as it unfolds, but uh, he'll never be forgotten, that's for sure. Merry Christmas, oh me, oh my. Oh, very good. Merry Christmas good indeed. You, yeah, good to see you, my friend. And we'll have more L.A. hoops chatter in just a moment, but first we need to talk about sleep. Listen to these studies from Harvard and Johns Hopkins. Chronic sleep deprivation has been shown to lead to depression, diabetes, obesity, and cardiovascular disease. We need eight hours sleep. Now, I don't get much of that these days, so any type of sleep is good for me, specifically during the football season when I have too many broadcasts to do in one week. But one of sleep's biggest problems is temperature. Tough to get good sleep if you're too hot. And I want to tell you about the Pod by 8 Sleep. The Pod by 8 Sleep is a high-tech bed designed specifically to help you achieve optimal sleep fitness. It was developed by leading sleep researchers after tracking 43 million hours of sleep. It combines dynamic temperature regulation and sleep tracking to enhance your rest and recovery. It learns your sleep habits and adjusts the temperature automatically. That means if you like the bed cool and your partner likes the bed warm, now you can have both at the same time in a crazy comfortable bed. Sleep longer and deeper so you wake up refreshed and ready to take on the world. Try the pod for 100 nights and if you don't love it, we'll refund your purchase and arrange a free pickup. They've already sold out of their first two batches, so they're going fast. For a limited time, get $150 off your purchase when you go to 8sleep.com pro. E-I-G-H-T sleep.com pro. That's 8sleep.com pro and sleep good. And now let's hear from the Lakers radio voice, John Ireland from ESPN Radio in L.A., who's seen his shares of Christmas Day games. That is for sure. John Ireland, first of all, uh, how many Christmas days do you think you've been in this building? I was figuring, I think it's 22. Wow. I mean, every year I've been, I first started working with the Lakers in 1998, and I think they've played Christmas Day ever since. Yep. So it's somewhere in that neighborhood. But I don't mind. I, I, it's a great day, and most of the time it's a great game like it is today. I'm thinking back that the Miami game when Shaquille O'Neal came back was probably the most hyped game on Christmas Day. Does this come close to that to you? Maybe. That, that felt like an NBA Finals game. That I, I remember walking around the court and thinking, when the, from the time Shaq got announced, it was a close game, and Dwayne Wade played great, and that was Shaq's first game against the Lakers after he left. That, that would be a really hard one to top. Um, these teams seem to have an aura of, we'll see you in the playoffs, and we never knew if the Heat and the Lakers were going to meet in the playoffs after Shaq left. And, and so this feels a little more regular season than that did. That felt like a finals game. So when does this become a true rivalry? Not until they meet for something important in the playoffs is the way I've always looked at it. Yeah, I think you're right. And, you know, they've never met in the playoffs, period. Exactly. And, and I, I actually think the Clippers would probably need to win in order for this to be a rivalry. I mean, the, the Lakers have been to more finals than the Clippers have been to the playoffs. So it, it's not really a rivalry because the Clippers don't have anything the Lakers want. But 
if they were to beat them in a playoff series, I think that would flip the script. We just talked to Brian Seaman. We talked about uh, all the years that they've been here and not really had very many meaningful games. At the same time, not a lot of Christmas Day games, so this is a big deal for their organization, too. I said to Noah Eagle, who's a young guy in his first year doing my job for the Clippers, I said, you better get used to this. Be, you know, well, I, I worked for the Clippers years ago doing what is his job. And, and I said, back then I had Christmas off every year. You're not going to. You, you know, I, I think when you look at their ownership and, and what they've been able to build, I think they're going to be playing on Christmas for a long time. How good are the Lakers right now? You know, we see a little bit of a downturn when a couple of key guys are not where they want to be. They're great, Ted. They're, they're not good. They're great. And, and Anthony Davis is absolutely the perfect compliment to LeBron. Uh, health is going to have a lot to do with it as to whether or not they make it to the finals, but I know nobody wants to play him. And the thing that jumped out at me was the 13 straight victories on the road to start the season. I mean, that just never happens. Crazy. So if they can keep their team healthy, and strangely, tonight's going to be just the second time all year they've had everybody available. Oh. There was one night in November that they had, and, and same for the Clippers. First night all year that they're going to have, you know, people forget when they played an opening night, there was no Rajon Rondo, there was no Kyle Kuzma, there was no Paul George. So t t tonight's a completely different game. But to, to answer your original question, the Lakers are great. If they, they, they have a great coaching staff, they have great chemistry. If they can stay healthy, I think they'll have a really, really good season. But that's a huge if. Every team has to stay healthy. And as we found out last year with the Warriors, sometimes that determines the whole thing. And my most unfavored term, load management. It comes into play big time with Kawhi. Do you think the Lakers will deal with that second half a little more with LeBron? I don't know. I, I know he doesn't want to. Yeah. I know LeBron has said if he's healthy, he wants to play. And, it, it, you know, I, I'm not so sure. I know I'm in the minority on this. But I'm not sure that we even know load management works. I mean, you and I have been coming to these games for a lot of years, and Kobe never load managed, Jordan never load managed, Kareem didn't do it. Um, you know, Michael just Michael Thompson just cringes at the at the phrase. So I'm not even sure it works, but the Clippers are going to try it, and so they're a great experiment. Last year it worked perfectly for Kawhi, and I've always wondered: can you just flip the switch? Yeah. You know, can you mail in the regular season and flip the switch? Well, the Clippers have, have said we're going to do that. So let's see if it works. Am I the only one who thinks if load management does work, the league really should strongly think about lessening the schedule during the season because it's killing it for the fans, in my opinion? Yeah, I don't think you're wrong, and I think they actually are considering. I mean, the proposal that was put on the table, according to multiple reports, is that we play 82 now is to lower it to 78. I think the only way to kind of eliminate load management would be to get rid of the back-to-backs. Yeah. The one thing that all my bosses have told me from the beginning is, they don't think there will ever be fewer games because of the money that comes with all these games. And everybody's salary is based on that, the players, the coaches, the trainers, the announcers. So to lower the number of games is a tough sell. But maybe, maybe we have reached that point where if Kawhi's going to take off 25, 30 games a year, you got to cut the schedule. I don't know. Or start uh, the schedule a couple of weeks earlier maybe and just so you don't have the back-to-backs in three and five nights. Right. And, well, and I don't think Kawhi's going to play in a back-to-back -back all year. Yeah. So this is something Adam Silver's aware of it. He, I, you know, Jeff Van Gundy, who's doing the game today, said that he thinks they should look into starting the season on Christmas. I hope they don't because yeah. I enjoy, you know, doing the games in November and December. But as you can probably tell, it's not up to me. I mean, Adam, <laughs> I'll say this, though. Adam Silver is a really smart guy. I, I, I think you can make a pretty strong argument he might be the best commissioner in all of, in all of sports. He never rejects ideas out of hand. He'll look at, you know, 
if you if you talk to Adam or interview him or or read interviews with him, you notice he never rejects anything out of hand. He never says, "No, that's a terrible idea." He says, "I don't know. We'll look at that." So he'll look at everything, and so I think what you're suggesting is not impossible. I don't think it's likely, but he'll look at it because he's open-minded. Just wondering, you're sitting in the seat where Chick Hearn used to sit. Yeah. What do you think he would be saying about all of this well, right now? Because <laughs> he didn't hold back one second with any thought. Well, it's it's one of the I, I tell people that <laughs> when uh, it, you and I remember Chick when he used to do games, but uh, it, it stuns me, Ted, that a, a kid that is 18 years old, you know, a kid that is uh, an adult, yeah. chances are never heard Chick do a game. Chick did his last game in 2002. Yeah. All right, so that was 18 years ago, and I, I tell people, go on YouTube and type in the name Chick Hearn and go down that rabbit hole. So you ask me, what do I think Chick would say? My answer is always the same, whatever he wants. <laughs> I love that. Great to see you, John. You Merry too, Christmas. Ted. Good luck. Merry Christmas to you. Thank you, man. You got it. And from John Ireland, we will go to the longtime Lakers PA voice, Lawrence Tanter. You know him, Laker Girls. One of the most recognizable PA voices anywhere. And it was great to get a few minutes to chat with him before this Christmas night game. Lawrence, how many Christmas Day games have you been a part of? Well, let's see. Over 30. I've been I've been the announcer now for the Lakers for 37 seasons. So I would imagine at least 30 Christmas Day games, yes. So what is the difference between a Christmas Day game and just another, let's say, a Lakers-Clippers game to you? Well, the price of a ticket is a little bit uh, <laughs> more expensive for the common working class person. Uh, and, you know, the fact that it's um, exclusive, you know, everybody in the league, every basketball fan is watching only you at that particular time. So there's a little bit more incentive to perform, to have a good game because so many eyes are on you, you know. We've got a few pretty good ones perform around here, and I can think of a few Kobe games, huh? Yeah, Kobe was uh, quite the player. Well, Lakers have had so many great players over the over the years, and to have um, the opportunity to call so many games with so many great players has really been a blessing for me. The one thing that I remember the most was when Shaq came back here as a member of the Miami Heat the first time. That was an amazing atmosphere in this building against Kobe, and they hadn't spoken at that time. Yeah, that was pretty special. Uh, Shaq's tenure with the Lakers was pretty special. His career was pretty special. Um, but there's so many. I mean, good night. There's so many great games over the years in this building and at the Forum. You know, just amazing. These two teams, too, uh, having the kind of season that hopefully will continue on through the rest of the year. What does that mean to this city in your mind? Well, maybe it may be the most hype Laker-Clipper game in history tonight, considering where both teams are, the personnel that they have, how they, you know, put their personnel together to formulate their respective teams. So it's special, and um, I think I think the fans are going to get a great game. I really do. And just to think that if these two teams can end up in the Western Conference Finals. Wouldn't that be unbelievable? I mean, we've been waiting for a true rivalry reason forever. That would certainly set the uh, the bar and the standard for future years if that happened. But it's so so far away. I mean, <laughs> it's, uh, so many. We got 80 games in a season. We got 50 more to go. So it's a long. Anything can happen. Anything can happen. Any one game stand out to you that was 
more fun than others, maybe because of something happened for an announcement or whatever reason it might have been? Kobe's 81 is still pretty special. Yeah. Kobe's 60, last final game, is pretty special. Um, the whole combative nature of Lakers and Celtics in the 80s, prior to that, Lakers and Sixers, then the latter part of the decade, Lakers and uh, Detroit. Yeah. So that whole era is going to be hard to duplicate, really hard, yeah. Now how do you sum up 37 years in a couple of sentences? It's like, wow. I mean, is it almost hard to believe it's been this long? Yeah, it's hard to believe. Uh, I just hope that we can get a little bit more um, Joneses and Williamses. These names are getting pretty <laughs> pretty difficult to pronounce. <laughs> it's becoming yeah. more like hockey, right? Yeah, every, every year, 10, 15 new names. And they have pronunciation guides now on the game notes. So <laughs> that helps. It demonstrates where we've gone. It's, it's an international game now. And how about 37 years ago, the original Laker girls, they're now grandmothers, huh? <laughs> yeah, that's a good. That's a good point. Yeah, <laughs> I mean Lisa Estrada is the vice president. Yep. Over at uh, the training facility, and she was a Laker girl in '87. So, time flies. Yeah. Great to see you, man. You still look the same. You're amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Great to see you. Have uh, Merry Christmas. Same to you. That's the familiar Lakers PA voice, Lawrence Tanter, and we thank him along with John Ireland and Brian Seaman for coming on our Touching Greatness podcast here. Remember, the Lakers are still in first place after losing to the Clippers after a four-game losing streak. These two teams will face off again in about a month. Clippers are 2-0 against the Lakers this year, including opening night, and they are showing just how deep they are What a season this ought to be for both teams. As long as they stay healthy, and we'll see if LeBron will need some of that load management from the new year on. So thanks again for listening to Touching Greatness, the podcast. I am still Ted Sobel, and until next time, Happy New Year, everybody, and enjoy the hoops and football, too. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.